0: Connecticut family struggles to find housing.
1: They uh, initially were sort of bouncing around from sort of triage beds at homeless shelters, in the car, a couple of nights sleeping on a family member's couch, really just wherever they could find shelter.
0: Post-pandemic homelessness puts a strain on Connecticut's response system. This is Long story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. Ginny Monk is the Connecticut Mirror's children's issues and housing reporter. Her article is titled, Family Homelessness in Connecticut is Increasing. Here's One Family's Story. I'm Ebang Udama from WSHU Public Radio. You can read the stories we feature at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. More to come after this.
1: Hi there, this is Rima Dael, WSHU Station Manager, and welcome to my kitchen. Um, This morning, I'm starting my day off with a croissant, heating it up in the microwave quickly, and then also making myself a cup of coffee. But I just wanna take a moment to ask for your help and support to keep the stories that you hear on our air, the news and the music you rely on going. So please make a gift now to support all you hear on WSHU on our website at WSHU.org. And I hope you have a great day.
0: Hello, Jimmy. Let's talk about the family your story is focused on. Brandy Radford and her children, Wisdom and Knowledge. How did they become homeless?
1: So they became homeless after moving up to Connecticut from Tennessee. They had been living in an apartment. Brandy and and Wisdom and Knowledge were living there with Brandy's oldest daughter, who's 20 years old and struggling with an opioid addiction. So she started exhibiting some sort of troubling behaviors. And the landlord said, you know, she needs to be out of the apartment. I don't want this happening. And Brandy was worried that she would overdose on the streets and sort of just tried to keep the family in the apartment. But they wound up with an eviction notice on June 1st.
0: And they initially ended up in the, living in the car?
1: They did. They uh, initially were sort of bouncing around from sort of triage beds at homeless shelters in the car a couple nights sleeping on a family member's couch, really just wherever they could find shelter.
0: You say here that we have a system in place in Connecticut to deal with this, but um, it's strained. The response system to this type of situation is strained. Could you tell us a little bit about what the system is and why we're having such a problem now?
1: Sure. So Connecticut sort of stands out with its homelessness response system in that we have what's called a coordinated system of entry, meaning that the shelters are fairly communicative with one another in trying to end homelessness, get families in shelter and in rapid rehousing or other housing assistance programs quickly. Particularly with family homelessness, they'd sort of gotten that number way far down. Families were really homeless in Connecticut, and and when they where the the system was able to get them into shelter. That
0: was pre-pandemic.
1: Pre-pandemic, quickly. And we've seen a shift since the pandemic, more families needing help and they're staying in shelter longer. There's a, a number of reasons for that, but it all sort of stems from this lack of affordable housing that the state of Connecticut has. The goal is to have people stay in shelter 30 days or less before they move into an apartment. For families, they're staying closer to 158 days and shelter. And and that means that those beds are taken up for longer, and it's harder to cycle families through the system.
0: Now, what normally happens here is a family would get a voucher from the Connecticut Department of Housing, and that voucher would then be used to get an apartment. Is the problem the availability of apartments or the lack of vouchers? Where where does the problem lie?
1: So I'd say most Homeless service providers would say it lies in the lack of available apartments. They are saying that they're seeing instances in which families will receive a voucher, but they're not able to find an apartment to use it at.
0: Okay, and is the legislature doing anything about this?
1: The lawmakers recently have started drawing more attention to the issue of homelessness. Um, There was a, a rather large press conference of some legislative leaders in the housing sphere here in Hartford they're indicating that they're going to work on offering more funding to the homelessness response system in the upcoming session and this was something that lawmakers considered uh service providers were asking for 50 million for the homeless response system uh, for a few different things supporting the 211 system annualizing cold weather funding and they received 5 million
0: they asked for 50 and received five correct and we're going into the winter months now so how how does that uh, how do we deal with that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, you're sort of asking a, a big question that service providers have been, you know, calling attention to. in in recent months, during winter months, they uh, open more shelter beds so that people aren't left sleeping outside uh, and people can stay warm and safe. And they're saying, look, this five million is not going to last us through the winter, particularly as we're seeing more people experiencing homelessness. Uh, so often they're left to sort of fundraise in lieu of the state funding that they say they need.
0: How does that help the Radford family? What, what's their situation now?
1: So they're in a longer term shelter right now waiting on uh, some sort of housing assistance program, a voucher like you mentioned, or rapid rehousing. So really they're, they're in a waiting period right now, and I think the hope is that the system gets more funding, they're able to help more families more quickly and, and people won't be like, like the Radford family left going to a triage place or staying outside.
0: But that will not be dealt with until the next legislative session. Correct. Long story short is hosted by me, Ebon Udana, and produced by Molly Ingram. Harriet Jones is our editor. WSHU's Alicia Dodario and the Connecticut Mirror's Gabby D. Benedictus are our digital team. This podcast is a collaboration between the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. We go behind the scenes at the home of public policy journalism in Connecticut. More can be found online at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. Our episodes can be found wherever you get your podcasts.